devotional podcast ministry of Bible Fellowship Church. Let's Talk is designed to give you some spiritual truth to consider every day, Monday through Friday. Today we'll look at Psalm 133. This psalm is another of the Songs of Ascent, and it says this, Behold, how good and pleasant it is when brothers dwell in unity. It is like the precious oil on the head running down on the beard, on the beard of Aaron, running down on the collar of his robes. It is like the dew of Hermon, which falls on the mountains of Zion. For there the Lord has commanded the blessing, life forevermore. Unity, unity in the family, and specifically the family of God, is something to celebrate. As believers, we're members of a diverse family where there is no partiality to a particular culture, gender, race, or language. It is, in fact, one of our distinctives and something to be cherished. Where else would you find such a mixture of people, rich and poor, young and old, male and female, corporate executives and children, people from all walks of life who commit to live as brothers and sisters in Christ. As Psalm 133 reminds us, it is truly a good and pleasant thing to see in action. We find in this psalm two interesting ways to picture this kind of unity. First, as the precious anointing oil used to consecrate Aaron for special service to the Lord, and secondly, as the dew of Mount Hermon. The original audience singing the psalm would have identified the anointing oil as something pleasing that had a very special significance. That same audience would have considered it miraculous for the dew of Mount Hermon to fall on Mount Zion. In short, they both picture something uncommon and greatly desired, something good and pleasant. And such is unity in the family of God. In just the same way, unity among brothers and sisters in Christ is highly treasured and sought after. This kind of unity is beautifully illustrated when believers from various cultures come together to celebrate the Lord's table as one body, or when believers forget their denominational differences and meet together to pray. Or when members of the family of God set aside their personal preferences and opinions to join in corporate worship. In John 17, we find this same topic of unity to be a focal point of Jesus' high priestly prayer. In fact, Jesus prayed that believers would be one, just as he and the Father were one, and for a specific purpose, so that the world would believe that he had been sent by God. So this kind of unity is uncommon. It's good. It's pleasant. It's something we long to see practiced. But also, it sends a message to the watching world. In other words, unity between believers is not just for our pleasure. Of course, we like it when there's unity between brothers and sisters in Christ. But there's something else going on here. It is actually a means of communicating the truth of who Jesus is to the unbelieving world. Now that takes things up a notch. It begs the question, what message are we sending about Jesus if we're not living in unity with other believers? If unity between believers speaks to the watching world about the identity of Jesus, that he is deity, sent by God the Father to rescue anyone who will trust him, then what message is disunity sending? 
No wonder Paul instructed believers to settle their disputes with other Christians outside of court. No wonder we have so many instructions about how families are to function. No wonder Jesus gave such explicit directions about how to correct a fellow believer living in sin. Clearly, we must conclude that the message of Jesus is damaged, dare we say defamed, when we allow disunity to run unchecked within the body of Christ. We must have supernatural help for unity to reign. But let's never underestimate the power of God to work. Let's not be timid to ask God for to ask for God's hand of protection over his body of believers worldwide. That we will be united through the blood of Christ, so captivated by Jesus that his message of reconciliation is heard loud and clear. Let's pray that the trap of disunity will be so repulsive that we'll run from it. May we run instead to Jesus to work this miracle of unity that we so desperately need. We long to see unity right now so that the message of Jesus is not marred. But let's not overlook the last line of this psalm where we find another important purpose. Unity is what we can look forward to in eternity. The last line of the psalm says, For there the Lord has commanded the blessing, life forevermore. When we experience authentic unity between our brothers on earth now, it gives us a little glimpse of what we'll find in eternity. While it really is what we long to see now, we will only find perfect unity once we're with the Father and free of our sin nature. Just imagine how good and pleasant it will be once we're no longer bothered by the things that divide us. Then we will really know what unity is meant to be. I don't know about you, but I'm looking forward more and more to the joy of dwelling in unity for all eternity with the other members of this big, diverse family. As the refrain from a familiar hymn says, now that will be glory. That will be glory for all when we will finally find unity that can never be destroyed. So let's take seriously the prayer of Jesus that we might be one as he and his father are one so that a watching world might believe the truth of Jesus they so desperately need. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this reminder that it truly is good and pleasant when the members of your family dwell in unity. We need your help to live this way. We ask that you'll remind us often of the powerful message it sends when we live as one. Help us, Lord, in your name. Amen. Well, thanks for joining us today for Let's Talk. Check out the BFC website for more information about the various ministries available at Bible Fellowship Church. Remember, come what may, unity speaks.